All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I'm giving you my takeaways from the introductory press conferences of new head coach Arthur Smith and general manager Terry Fontenot. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com. RIP, still going strong on Twitter at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is, of course, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons will be talking about the introductory press conferences of head coach Arthur Smith and new Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot, which were conducted on Tuesday. We'll sort of be talking a bit about what they revealed about their plans for the Falcons, or at least what they did not necessarily reveal about their plans in regards to those press conferences and the future of the Falcons, uh, including Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. We'll talk about Terry Fontenot discussing his philosophy of drafting the best player available as opposed to needs when it came to the draft and what that may mean for the Falcons draft plans, as well as what they may look at again in regards to Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and their futures here in Atlanta. So without further ado, let's get into that locked on Falcons lead story, talking about sort of our general takeaways from those introductory press conferences. So the Falcons introduced their new head coach, Arthur Smith and general manager, Terry Fontenot in separate press conferences on Tuesday afternoon only hours after the latter was officially announced as being hired for the GM job and becoming the first black general manager in Falcons team history between the two in terms of winning their respective press conferences Fontenot easily comes out ahead showing off a charisma and ease with the local media members but that doesn't necessarily mean that Smith came across stodgy as he was certainly football focused and well prepared during his initial presser as both are only settling into their new positions. They didn't get much into the specifics of what their immediate plans are for the Falcons with both expressing their need to evaluate the Falcons roster while Smith also has the added responsibility of filling out the team's coaching staff. Now, if you are looking for answers on who will have final say over the Falcons roster, the answer is essentially both as Falcons team president, Rich McKay, along with both Smith and Fontenot indicated that it will be much more of a collaborative effort on that front and Fontenot going as far as to say that the person who ultimately has that roster control doesn't really matter despite conducting separate pressers, despite conducting separate pressers. Both spoke highly of the other, despite the fact that neither has worked with each other prior to this point. Fontenot specifically talked about how he liked Smith's adaptability and adaptability was certainly the buzzword during Smith's press conference, especially when he was asked about his plans from an identity and schematic standpoint. And when it comes to filling out his coaching staff, which Smith indicated he is not in any particular rush to do. Smith also discussed how he expects 
himself as well as his future coaching staff to adapt their scheme to the strengths and weaknesses of not only the players currently on the Falcons roster, but those that they will add in the coming months and years on the note of players currently on the team. The big question hovering over the Falcons offseason will be, of course, the new regime's plans for the immediate futures of quarterback Matt Ryan and wide receiver Julio Jones. Neither Smith nor Fontenot provided any specifics on their futures, although Smith did speak highly of not only Ryan and Jones alongside other current Falcon talents like Grady Jarrett and Chris Lindstrom. Fontenot went out of his way before taking any questions from the media to try and deflect any questions about specific players, citing that it would be unfair to those players. However, Fontenot did not deflect in answering questions about his draft philosophy, indicating that he believes in the best player available approach as opposed to drafting for need, which contrasts with former general manager Thomas Dimitrov's openness about his desire to draft for need. And as that also potentially applies to Ryan and Jones, Fontenot commented that the presence of good players already on the roster wouldn't necessarily prevent the team from building upon a strength when it came to adding more players in that best player available approach. So it wasn't always clear from either Smith or Fontenot on exactly how they intend to execute their plans to reach their intended goals here in Atlanta, but both were definitely clear that they have a unified goal and that is having sustained long-term success. And it certainly is going to be an exciting time for this new era of Falcons football. So guys, there's your locked on Falcons lead story. And we're going to continue today's locked on Falcons podcast by talking about the relatively unique perspective that Terry Fontenot has in terms of drafting the best player available. And we'll con- sort of contrast that with as the aforementioned Dimitrov and his opposing perspective on that. And that perspective does make Terry Fontenot a bit one of a kind, but you guys are also one of a kind and so are your taxes. And that's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you like to hand the whole tax filling process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond engagement ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. So we're before we get into best player available or BPA, let's talk about BBA or the best bet available. And of course, you can find that by listening to Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports with your boy Q on Locked on Bets. Subscribe to Locked on Bets every day, wherever you get your podcast. So my two big takeaways from Terry Fontenot's press conference were the notion of best player available in his draft approach. And we'll circle back to that later on today's episode. And the second one was, you know, he didn't comment 
on assessing the Falcons roster. And that wasn't simply because, oh, he just got hired and he quite hasn't yet done a full evaluation of that roster, although he did mention that was part of it. But it seemed like he was indicating that he had no intention of being available not only throughout the year in terms of talking to the media, but also commenting in in general about what he thinks are the team's biggest needs and sort of the question specifically was, you know, what do you see the Falcons biggest need being? And he basically deflected that question and say, like, I'm not going to answer that essentially citing competitive advantage. And in terms of saying that he watches all press conferences from other general managers to see sort of pick up any and glean any information. And he's not going to be able, he's not going to want to do that uh, himself. And, you know, from someone in my position, I find that bothersome. Um, and I certainly think Terry Fontenot is well within his rights and, and certainly is is making a perfectly understandable decision to take that approach. But for someone like me who has to talk about the team five days a week, 52 weeks a year, you know, not being able to discuss, well, here's what Terry Fontenot said about such a thing essentially is not cool. Right. You know, I, I personally found Dimitrov's openness, whether it was coming in the form of the various podcast appearances that he made throughout the year, um, the internal video stuff that you would see from the official website, uh, doing radio spots or, you know, essentially when he was asked point blank sort of what he thought the team's biggest needs were, he would generally answer openly and honestly about that. And I found that very refreshing, you know, for example, you know, if we are looking at a 2021 season, right? 12 months from now, the Falcons, we see a 2021 season where the Falcons struggle as a pass rush and 12 months from now, you know, Terry Fontenot gets to go back up in front of the media and someone asked him, you know, whether or not improving the Falcons pass rush is a priority for the upcoming off season. And he essentially says no comment. You know, I think you can understand from someone in my position where it wouldn't be overly enthusiastic about that sort of feedback, you know, and you especially compare that to say 12 months ago where Thomas Dimitrov, you know, was talking with Kelsey Conway uh, in the lead up to the senior bowl and basically in not so subtle ways was basically talking about how Vic Beasley was a disappointment without sort of explicitly saying that, but you were, you were getting the strong hints that that's what he was talking about um, and talking about how the team needed to go out there and get quote unquote game records off the edge. Um, and you can even go back to previous year at the senior bowl where he was talking about how the Falcons needed to address and fix their offensive line. And that became a big part of their sort of off season strategy. So I know some people will look at me saying that about Terry Fontenot and see that as a criticism because it's coming from me. And of course, everything I say is negative or whatever the case may be. And I know there's going to be some people that will look at that and say, look, that's a good approach for Terry Fontenot because it does give you a competitive advantage. You know, that sound that you're hearing is me personally rolling my eyes because uh, I just don't really buy into that narrative, largely due to the fact that, you know, in a league where subterfuge and smoke screens are so rampant that I actually think it actually benefits you to be a little bit more open towards the media because you can then take advantage of essentially controlling the narrative and you can therefore put out as much smoke as possible uh, in that regard. But that's my personal opinion. So that's what I wanted to say about that. And I guess my third takeaway from Terry Fontenot's press conference is that apparently Julio Jones is his kid's favorite player. So that confirms the fact that Julio Jones is not going anywhere because, of course, a father would not want to disappoint his son by trading Julio Jones, as we have sort of speculated uh, at this point offseason. I'm kidding. 
although am I, and we'll sort of talk a little bit more about the notion of best player available in that approach and whether or not we can read anything into the futures of not only Julio Jones, but also Matt Ryan based off of the things that uh, Arthur Smith and, and Terry Fontenot said on Tuesday. But before we get there on Tuesday's episode of lockdown Falcons, I talked about what are the chances of the Falcons going after Deshaun Watson. And of course our good friends at bet online decided they wanted to drop some odds uh, about that. And the Carolina Panthers have the best odds, six to one odds to acquire Deshaun Watson and the Atlanta Falcons aren't far behind right after the Miami Dolphins who are number two place. The Falcons have the third best odds, according to betonline.ag with plus 700, seven to one odds to acquire Deshaun Watson. And of course, if you want to take advantage of these odds about Deshaun Watson's future, then there's only one place that has you covered. One place that I trust as of course is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You've heard what I've said about the Falcons coaching hires, but why not get a national perspective on not just the Falcons, but what's going on with the other 31 teams in the NFL from NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson on Locked On's Peacock and Williamson podcast every day, Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you that national perspective. And of course, you should hear that by subscribing to the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. So I don't have as much to say about Arthur Smith's press conference because I think, you know, coaches speak and coach speak, right? And Arthur Smith seems like he's very adept at that already. And uh, I think we're going to hear quite a bit from Arthur Smith and what he thinks about the team over the next nine to 12 months. So I don't feel as compelled to try to read into anything that he said on Tuesday. Plus, I also sort of think that his actions will kind of speak louder than any words that he will say. And when we're talking about actions in terms of what his team and in his play calling will be able to produce on the field. But he did confirm if anybody was out there doubting it, that he will call plays um, this upcoming season, which I don't think is a surprise. Um, but in the case you contrast sort of Arthur Smith's press conference and not reading too much into it, contrast that with reading probably a little bit more into Terry Fontenot's press conference, because based off of what I just talked about and what it sounds like, if it were up to him, you're not going to really hear from him that much at all. And, you know, presumably we're going to potentially hear from him next month in February or March or whenever the scouting combine is held. Uh, typically that happens every year where all 32 GMs and all 32 head coaches are made available to the, the uh, media. Um, obviously they're changing the format of the combine this year, but it sounds like they're trying to keep that. So we might get some more virtual press conferences. And then generally you'll hear what the GM thinks about players and prospects in the draft class after the draft. But, you know, outside of that, there may be a high probability that we don't hear from Terry Fontenot. And essentially we may just hear from him two or three times a year. Um, and with Thomas Dimitrov, you know, that seemed, that number seemed to be seven or eight times a year, if not more. And he didn't often say drastically different things each and time, each time he spoke, but you know, you could start to glean a lot of things about his perspective and his tendencies just from the sheer amount of info that you got from him across a year. And so the point of that is that generally I wouldn't be against reading too much into what was said today, uh, particularly when it comes to the whole best player available draft approach. But I suspect that, 
that I'll have to give in, you know, Fontenot's intention of making himself mostly unavailable to the media. So we'll have to put a little bit more weight on all the things that he says moving forward. So let me say this before anybody accuses me of reading too much into his comments. Now, having watched more of Arthur Smith's offense from Tennessee, the last two seasons, and this is going to be something that will go in more in depth for my sort of takeaways of, of doing that likely next week on the podcast, but I'm, more confident than I was at the end of the season that both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones will be on the team week one. And I say that knowing that at the end of the season, I was about 85 to 90% confident in that. But despite that number, don't read too much into that because as you guys know, I can and will be wrong about things. I was 99% sure that Brian Poole was going to be back with the Falcons uh, coming out of the 2018 season uh, and was certainly wrong about that. And had you asked me around the same time, I would have had a similar confidence level that if you removed the possibility of retirement out of the equation, Matt Bryant would have been back with the team in 2019. Of course, he did come back to the team, but, you know, that came after the whole, you know, six and a half months debacle of, of, you know, Italian ice taking over the reins. So I want to say that because, like, I may be confident in it, but I get things wrong. And because of that, you're going to continue to hear me talk about the possibility of the Falcons moving on from both Matt Ryan and Julio and Jones until we get confirmation that neither guy is going anywhere. Despite again, that aforementioned confidence level, uh, because again, I learned from my mistakes and the lesson I have learned in those previous mistakes is in, to try and never make uh, assumptions about things, even if you feel pretty confident about them. So that being said, I won't sit here and say that Terry Fontenot saying that the team is going to go best player available definitely means that they're now going to be in the market for a quarterback at pick four. As I will continue to say throughout this process, uh, that's going to play out over the next three plus months. Any final decisions about what the team is going to do about the draft, any plans, any intentions there, those don't typically get made until like a week or two before the draft. So that's also a reminder that when you start hearing rumors and whatnot that come out over the next several months to take those with a grain of salt, especially given the fact that, you know, we'll, we'll see if the new regime things change from the new regime, but you know, in the past there weren't that many leaks from within the Falcons organization, which was part of the reason why, you know, uh, Thomas Dimitrov's frequent, you know, interactions with the media were so welcomed, at least by me, uh, sort of, that was him being able to put stuff out there for us to pick up upon. And so, if there are just as few leaks moving forward and they're not putting stuff out there, it's going to be kind of just a lot of speculation. That's basically what I'm getting at. We, we, we tend to speculate a lot on this podcast anyway, but it seems like it's going to get ramped up based off of what it sounds like Terry Fontenot wants to do. But that being said, even though best player available doesn't necessarily, Oh, they're taking a quarterback at number four confirmed. It also doesn't necessarily kill the possibility of them taking quarterback at four, um, which I know there's a very vocal contingent of Falcon fans that don't want the team to take a quarterback at four. And with that being said, I will remind folks that my recommendation is to be open-minded about what the team's future plans are going to be and not necessarily be as quick to draw those lines in the sand and get into these heated discussions and debates on what the team should or should not do as people are want to do. And I would recommend that you try your best to see both sides of the argument and weigh them both, which is why, you know, when people ask me questions about what the team quote unquote should do, 
I tend to deflect those to a certain extent um, and try to present it more as, okay, here's option A, here's option B, here's three reasons why option A makes sense, here's three reasons why option A doesn't make sense, here's three reasons why option B makes sense, here's three reasons why it doesn't make sense. And I think the goal is to be, to make you guys as well informed about either path so that regardless of what direction the Falcons go and regardless of my own personal feelings about that, you will understand, okay, this is why the team did what they did, regardless of whether Aaron Freeman or anybody else out there agrees with it. Now we know that that doesn't always apply to all things that sort of more laid off hands off perspective. You guys know that I can be very passionate about certain subjects and in instances where I do feel like there is a clear and obvious difference between option a versus option B and and one is superior to the other. Those are the times that I typically will go on, on the rants that I am somewhat famous or infamous for, but what I will sit here and say on that note, somewhat related to that is I am a big fan of the best player available approach. So I will sit here and say, like, I won't sit here and say it's the right approach um, because I don't think there's one exact blueprint for success in, in team building in the NFL, but certainly my philosophy and all the things that I've learned over two plus decades of, of observing football and analyzing football and, and writing about football and podcasting about football and talking with other people about football and debating it and getting into endless Twitter battles about it. Um, my approach tends to be geared more towards that best player available approach when it comes to the draft and, and really targeting free agency to fill needs um, and approaching the draft with this idea of like, let's fill the needs in, in March. And then so in the draft, we can, sort of be open-minded and wind up taking advantage of who maybe some of the best players available are in large part. That's fueled by, you know, a rookies generally are bad. Right. And so I think counting on those guys to fill immediate needs is generally a bad idea. If you want to maximize your team's potential, I could cite examples of this, uh, including the Falcons reliance on youth in the secondary, which is, I think, a big reason why their secondary has struggled the last couple of years. But the second reason being on a similar note, it's usually the second and third years that players draft picks make that jump. And if you want to have them be the best versions of themselves, you should tailor your draft towards what you're going to need two to three years from now when those players make that jump, as opposed to what you need right now. And then the third thing is, you know, that influences that approach from the draft influences my philosophy in terms of how I think teams should approach the draft. I mean, should approach free agency because I think that tends to lead you to signing cheaper short-term deals in free agency that can typically be those essentially stop gaps until those draft picks are ready, as opposed to going out there and trying to make big splashes in free agency. I'm not anti big splash, but I typically look at them as like the Alex Mack type of deals um, where it's a clear and obvious fit. You're clearly getting a, an established proven player um, as opposed to, you know, betting on a, a one year wonder. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Dante Fowler. <clears throat> Uh, sorry, had something in my throat. So, you know, I think that's generally my approach to things. And it's interesting if, if that's going to be the Falcons new approach, because it, it might present us with the dilemma of genuinely being excited about some of the things that this regime is going to be doing in the coming months and or years. Uh, and that the powers that be in Atlanta finally have a similar approach 
to what I do. So I won't be as able to nitpick and, and criticize their decisions. And, you know, maybe I'll finally in starting in 2021, be able to, uh, <laughs> leave behind the reputation that I have of constantly hating on the Falcons moves and, and being overly critical of their moves. So that's going to be an interesting thing, but I say that knowing that old habits tend to die hard. And so uh, we'll see about that. You know, uh, maybe, maybe it'll lead me to be even more critical of it because I'm like, this is not fitting with the philosophy, you know, like that sort of thing. So we'll see how it all plays out. And obviously we'll just have to sort of wait and see what happens over the next couple of months as there's so much more to figure out as they continue to build this thing up. But certainly, you know, my big takeaway was, you know, well, it's not easy to wow me in terms of, of press conferences because I've been around the block. I certainly think, you know, both Fontenot and Smith said a lot of good things and a lot of there's a lot of reasons for people to be hopeful. You know, I'm I'm just so cynical that it's, it's impossible to move me. But like certainly for the rest of you guys out there that don't have that same degree of cynicism, uh, I certainly get it. So we'll see what those guys do, but certainly excited to see what they do and and you know, trying to learn from them as, as much as I have learned from folks like Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov and Mike Smith and, and many of these other people over the last decade or more, uh, as we continue to, you know, grow this knowledge base that, you know, is my brain, uh, in, in involved in the sport. So looking forward to what new lessons I will have to learn and, you know, how old takes exposed will, you know, break me down eight years from now. So that's what I'm looking forward to. So until then guys appreciate it. If you have any feedback that you want to provide about anything, what, what do you think about the hires? What do you think about the things that you heard from their press conferences or anything else? Of course you can hit me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. Appreciate it guys until then.